Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by John Siegley. John, let me have the mic tonight. I appreciate it, John. Uh, we we got to alternate a few times. John's been doing a ton of these podcasts covering recruiting, whether it's with Don Callahan and now with Sherelle McMillan and Sherelle. Wanted to get you on this week, especially. Uh, we had Shark Week a couple weeks ago. It's offer week now for North Carolina basketball. Roy Williams has been busy on the circuit, busy dishing those North Carolina scholarships, scholarship offers. Tell us about the biggest names and what's going on, and we'll roll from there. Well, yeah, Tommy, it's funny because um, in the past, he's done a lot more offering the week after the July evaluation period. And so for those, I think everybody who listens to this probably gets it, but for people who might not know, there are three five-day periods in July where coaches can be out on the road recruiting at AAU events. And by AAU, typically we mean the big shoe companies, Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour. So the coaches go across the country. You might have heard of Peach Jam, which is in Augusta, Georgia. Yeah, you might have heard about the events in Las Vegas. Uh, Williams was in New York. He's been in Georgia a few times. Uh, He's been in Kansas. He's been a little bit of everywhere. So uh, coaches are on the road those three weeks. And some coaches like to give out offers in between. Um, Roy Williams hasn't always been this way, but for probably the last two or three years, he's given out all of his offers once the July evaluation period ends. So uh, the period, the last period ended on Sunday at five and the first offer North Carolina gave out um, since the spring uh, went to Trey Mann, a guard out of Florida, uh, that was Monday night. And then on Tuesday afternoon, uh, he gave out an offer to Josh Green. Both of these guys are rising seniors, so class of 2019. And Josh Green is a wing. Um, he actually is Australian, but his family lives in Phoenix right now. So, um, you know, last year at this point, North Carolina had already given out, I think, five scholarships, four or five scholarships. Two years ago, Kobe White had gotten his scholarship on the first day and already committed uh, this day, four days after the evaluation period ends. So it's been different because it's been a little quiet there's some things you can take from that and some things that you can't so we're on offer watch all the time um we're looking and talking to people and seeing what rollings might do so last year the offers went out probably about a week after the evaluation period ended so we're still within that bubble where offers might go out well, Rel, let me ask ask you a couple questions about these guys because out of the two offers to Trey Mann and Josh Green that you mentioned, to me the more interesting offer was to Trey Mann because Carolina had Cole Anthony on campus for the unofficial visit on Wednesday of this week. And from looking at these two players, both are kind of in that combo guard role that we know Roy, Roy Williams really appreciates. But Carolina has a point guard already committed for the 2019 class in Francis. 
So just from you know what I've seen of these guys, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it looks as if Trey Mann may be more of a scoring guard with some point guard instincts, while Cole Anthony looks to kind of really be that all-around point guard. You know, kind of what was your take on, on that, and were you surprised at all that Trey Mann did get that scholarship offer? Not terribly surprised because you know, you do this for a while and you kind of start to pick up on some of the clues that Williams and his staff, because they like to do things a certain way. You start picking up on some of the clues um, about who they're interested in. And once we kind of caught wind that they were interested in man, and he had talked to Roy Williams the week in between um, the first and second evaluation period, it was like, okay, well, if he continues to watch him, then that's probably someone you, you might want to think we'll get an offer at the end of July. And what we saw from what North Carolina did in July was that they really wanted a combo guard. They wanted another guard in 2019. So at first we thought it was, okay, Cole Anthony is, uh, you know, he's the best guard in the class. You know, to some people, he's the best guard in high school. He's very, very good. You just, you take him if you can get him because he's a good player, not because necessarily you want a certain position. But then they started talking to um, a kid from South Carolina named Josiah James. So they started talking to him some. And then there's a guy from uh, Asheville named Caleb Mills who kind of came on the scene during the evaluation period that they spent some time on. Then they talked to Mann a little bit. So you started to see a theme. And also uh, another guy who reclassed from 2020 to 2019 named Nico Mannion, who's out from the West Coast. So you started to see them looking for guards. So we weren't surprised that they went and offered uh, a guard. But I think Mann got the offer for a few reasons. One, um, he can be a combo guard. Um, he, I think, honestly, if you put him beside the right point guard, he can be just as effective as a combo or a point guard. And he can really shoot and he's athletic, and he can pass. So he, he's just a really good, solid player. And, you know, for people who don't know anything about him, he um, had to kind of shut down his recruitment. He was down to Kansas, Florida, and Tennessee. And um, then he played at Peach Jam. He played really well and was like, well, you know, let's see what else is out there. And so he reopened his recruitment. And NC State, Iowa State, Miami, and Carolina have all jumped in uh, with offers since that happened. So the first part of your question to answer it after that long-winded segue is that uh man i think i think they're both can play both i think they're both those all-around guards cole anthony obviously right now is the better player um he can do everything he's one thing me and ben were talking about when we were in augusta is that he's a really good rebounder for someone who's six three six four um everything else i mean he's explosive he's athletic he can shoot he can pass i mean he's just kind of the consummate guard in today's game what you want in a guard so i, I like i said it wasn't surprised that Trey Mann got the author uh, offer, but uh, him and Cole Anthony um, definitely could help the Tar Heels backcourt next season. Sure. Let me ask you, we're talking about offers and I kind of slacked you earlier in the day and said I might ask this question, but talk to us about, and I know people that follow recruiting and Rory Williams recruiting hardcore. And, and if you listen to this, you're likely one of those folks. So you may know this uh, already, but talk about how Roy Williams decides who he's going to offer. Now, he doesn't go out and just blanket the country with a North Carolina scholarship offers. So speak to that process as far as, you know, not what they do in leading up to an offer, but how they pinpoint players specifically like a man, 
you know, like Green, all these guys, how do they pinpoint who they want to actually offer a scholarship to? Well, you know, Roy Williams does trust his staff. Um, he's got Steve Robinson, Brad Frederick, and Hubert Davis, who are also out on the road. And so all these guys are going to games throughout the season. You know, we might not be able to report about it because we might not know, um, but they are going to games throughout the season and the off season. They're going to campuses and they're looking at players. They're developing relationships. And most of the time it's, hey, we'll, we'll look at you in the spring or we'll look at you in the summer. So they already have a feel and Rogans has probably already seen tape of some of these guys and he wants to get a live evaluation. So uh, the assistant usually, most of the time, sometimes it doesn't happen this way, but a lot of times the assistant will bring uh, uh, Roe Williams to watch the kid to see what he thinks. If Roe Williams likes him, you know, they'll have another conversation, especially during the evaluation periods. And then when they get back to Chapel Hill, um, that first day, usually after the evaluation period, I think uh, the assistants and we're getting into speculation a little bit because we don't know the exact way it works, but we have a pretty good idea. The, they all get back. They have a meeting. They talk. They make suggestions. And then Rural Williams is the only person in North Carolina who can give out a scholarship offer officially. And it's not like that at a lot of places. So, you know, when you that's why we have to be so careful when, you know, a, a kid claims an offer from North Carolina. It's like, oh, yeah, I talked to coach so-and-so or I talked to this coach and our first question is always well did you talk to Roy Williams and they say no then we know it's not an official 100% confirmed offer um so that's kind of how it works is the assistants look at guys they cultivate the relationships they bring them to Roy most of the time and then he makes a decision but it doesn't happen that way all the time like Seventh Woods for example that was all Roy Williams he was he was the end all end all of that recruitment. He did everything. C.B. McGrath helped out, but that was almost all Williams. So, um, different cases, you know, um, you know, different different players are treated differently. But you know, I think the majority of the time, that's how it works. Let me follow up with this question, and, and well, it's really a two parter, and they're unrelated. So, <laughs> this house going to be the night trail. I'm sorry, it's been a while since I talked basketball. <laughs> But uh, so first of all, Cole Anthony, a guy like that, is he a is he a take? Uh, I mean, the, the high end guys are the top rated guys. Would you take a uh, commitment from those guys, whether or not you necessarily needed somebody at that position? You, you sort of talked about that a little bit earlier. But like in football and other sports, you get you get the number one rated guy and you take him and you figure out where to play him. Does Roy Williams work like that? It doesn't seem like he does. Um, but maybe times have changed. Well, if, if he has vetted the player and he likes the player and has offered a scholarship, then absolutely. I mean, if you look at the top 10 in 2019, I mean, he's offered Vernon Carey. He's offered Cole Anthony. He's offered Matt Hurt. I'm going to start forgetting people. But that's just, you know, three of the top 10 guys right there that he's already offered. And um, it's more about how he feels with him coming in. He's talked to the families. He's talked to the coaches. He's talked to their school teachers. So he usually has a pretty good idea of um, their character and what type of person they are as far as fitting in with the team and chemistry and all that good stuff. So, you know, I, I would say, yeah, he would obviously take more talent. He always talks about experienced talent. Well, it's good to have experience and it's good to have talent, but it's always better to have both. That's kind of rolling his thing. But if he can get the number one player or the number one guard in the class, absolutely, he'll take them and they'll figure out the rest later. Now, look, Rel, we all know that Roy Williams' real motto is experience talent, okay? Right. That's yeah. what, yeah. That's what he, he truly, truly loves. And um, that, that kind of leads me into my next thing here is you know, we talked about the point guards a little bit earlier. And with Kobe White, 
I think his future is kind of up in the air. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see him stay into a sophomore season at, at UNC. It also wouldn't surprise me if he decided to test the waters and potentially jump to the pros, depending on what type of season he has. So do you think that that Kobe's ultimate decision that will come next spring, do you think that that might impact some of, the, of these 2019 guys at the combo guard spot? Or do you think that some of them will have their recruitments wrapped up well before then? Uh, a man, <clears throat> excuse me, a man will more than likely be wrapped up before then. I mean, he was ready to be done on July 30th and announce his decision. So I would think I kind of have been pegged as a false on Cole Anthony has said he will likely sign in the spring. So part of that is so he can see who goes pro, um, who stays and who else signs at certain schools. Um, so he can know exactly what he's getting into. I will say, you know, we'll call this slightly informed, but I, I would be surprised if Kobe was a one and done, not because he's not going to play well. I just, he he's more, in my opinion, um, I think he will be a, at least a two-year player in North Carolina. And I, I, I'd, I'd be very surprised if he left after one year. Um, so take that for what it's worth. When you look at a guy like Nas, I mean, we all assume he's most definitely a one and done. I mean, is Roy Williams ready to to get into that, to start dishing into that type of, you know, have maybe one one and done every year? What do you think he is on that? And I know it's all about getting the best talent and best fit and all that stuff. But do you think, having covered him for a long time, that Roy Williams would be comfortable uh, sort of taking that approach if it came along? Well, I'll I'll answer your question with a question. Okay. Uh, so I'm used to these. <laughs> all right. So Harrison Barnes had a North Carolina scholarship offer, right? Brandon Ingram had a North Carolina scholarship offer, right? Indeed. Yeah. Jason Tatum had a North Carolina scholarship offer, right? So you, the answer is yes. Yeah, the answer is yes. <laughs> I mean, pretty much every one and done guy over the last few years, North Carolina's either talked to or shown some interest in or given a scholarship offer to. So, <clears throat> you know, Roy's thing, and he said this publicly, you know, kind of ad nauseum, he would like a mix of, you know, those kind of one and done guys with more, you know, two, three, four year players who know the program so they can indoctrinate them in their one year at North Carolina. That's kind of what he wants. He wants that high-end talent who's going to be there a, a year or two, but he also wants talented players who are going to hang around because he has said several times he doesn't want to coach a team of all one and dones, but he also wants the best players. And frankly, the way it is now, the best players are going to be one and done until they can leave out of high school. So um, yeah, absolutely. He, he would take them. Um, I, he doesn't want four or five or three or four in a class, but one or two, he'd absolutely be fine with. All right, let's transition then to the other scholarship offer that that went out there, Rel, and that was to Josh Green. Now, I'll admit, I've not seen too much of Green, too bit to me of his highlights, but in preparation for this podcast tonight, I did a little bit of research here, and you know, you kind of gave a quick overview. He's um, from Australia, living down there in Florida. Just from what I saw, I mean, he's listed 6'6", 190, he plays um, a little bit, you know, on the lighter side, I think. He's definitely more of that finesse forward. And with two of his teammates that Carolina fans may also be familiar with, and I'll let you get into that, I don't think he's really, you know, asked to really go in the post and, and kind of bang too much in high school. But talk talk to us about Trey Mann's game and, you know, just let me know if I'm completely off on on just my you know amateur evaluation there so green you're talking about josh green right 
Josh Green. I did yeah. say Trey, man. Yeah, okay, yeah no I worries. Josh Green. Sorry. There's a, whole, there's a whole bunch of players. No worries. Um, so Green is a true wing. So he, in in college, he will be a three who can sometimes even play the two, depending upon who's in the game with him. Um, so I, I think Carolina fans, if if you follow the message boards or follow like random Carolina lore, they always talk about the mug janking wing the super athletic guy who can just come in and dunk from anywhere who can do all kinds of crazy things with his athleticism kind of what North Carolina was known for with, you know, obviously Michael Jordan, Kenny Smith to some degree, Jerry Stackhouse and Vince Carter and on down the line. So green represents kind of that, but he also has that skill that Roy Williams is constantly looking for. He's a very good shooter. He's a, a better passer than I think a lot of people give him credit for as well. And he's just really a complete player. I mean, he's another, top 10 type guy uh, who North Carolina has a, you know, as good a chance as anybody um, to sign. So that speaks to definitely um, Roy Williams, what he's been able to do, but also green told inside Carolina, we interviewed him the other night that that was kind of the school he knew growing up in Australia. And uh, he said he grew up watching Harrison Barnes. So I'm starting to know how Tommy feels when we say we grew up watching Rasheed Wallace because <laughs> guys are growing up watching Harrison Barnes and it's just like, wow, that was, that was six or seven years ago. And he, you know, he was nine or 10. So he was very impressionable. Um, but yeah, green, green is a great player. Um, a lot of schools want him, Arizona, um, UCLA, USC, all the schools out West. Um, he's got a ton of offers and he's really just now getting into the recruiting phase of um, figuring out where he wants to go. Let's take a break. We'll come back talk to Sherelle more about Carolina basketball recruiting, maybe some other questions. I don't know. We'll figure it out when we get back. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finance is made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing. Saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finance is made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Sherelle, let me ask you how the landscape has changed, if it has. We've heard a lot of a lot of talk and a lot of discussion about uh, the changing of the rules and whatnot as far as college basketball recruiting. How has it changed? How do you see it changing, if at all, over the next, you know, six months, a year, two years, three years? Well, you know, the first thing is that in the NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, has pretty much said, if the NBA PA will allow us, we're going to get rid of one and done. We're going to let guys come in straight from high school. So that is uh, one thing that's going to be different is that, you know, the top 10 maybe players, 12 players just won't be going to college anymore. So you're going to have a little bit of a talent drain. Um, so the guys who are you know, say 12 to 23 are now going to be one through 11 or one through 12 or whatever. Um, and those guys are going to think about coming out after their freshman year. So uh, people always talk about how uh, one and done is ending and 
guys will be able to go pro straight from high school. But one and done really isn't ending. You can still leave after your freshman year. It's just you don't have to go to school that year. So it's not like as the the suggestions we've seen, it's not like they're going to go to you have to stay two years or you, or you have to stay three years. You just have the option to go out of high school. So one and done is not going anywhere. So that's I think people that's a misconception with a lot of people. Um, but as far as the changes that the coaches and the NCAA and the Rice Commission have made, the coaches and pretty much everybody was kind of grumpy when the first ones got leaked. And, you know, that probably was the NCAA just kind of pressure testing, seeing what people responded to um, the initial suggestions, which were completely eliminating the, the July evaluation period, having these huge camps where each one has like 1,200 kids or something crazy. Um, and the most recent um, – leak kind of has the first period in July staying some scholastic events that coaches can be on the road to see in June and then the April evaluation period pretty much being very similar. Um, so it's going to change and changing isn't always bad. You know, it's the people who are covering this, the people, the coaches sometimes who don't like change, but you know, change isn't always bad, but change just because, you know, whatever, we're just going to change. Now that's bad. Um, and it doesn't seem like there was a, a real goal in what the NCAA is alleged to have proposed. It doesn't seem like that really solves the problems they set out to solve. So that's the main thing is that the changes are just changes, not changes to solve anything. Um, but as far as how North Carolina and Roy Williams and his staff recruit, it's not going to be that much different. They're still going to be out on the road in the during the fall evaluation period, which starts in September going to high schools, checking guys out, building relationships. Roy Williams is still going to go see guys play with their high school team. He's still going to be able to watch travel teams in April, and he's still going to be able to go down to Augusta and the big events um, that first week in July. So basically it's going to – for North Carolina, it's not really going to hurt them. This People is going to hurt are some of the, you know, I don't want to say mid-major, but maybe the lower-level Division One schools who use these events in July to kind of – find talent that maybe they wouldn't be able to in, in different circumstances. It's going to hurt them. It's going to hurt kids who like Caleb, Caleb Mills, for example, we mentioned him earlier, a guard North Carolina looked at, I mean, his offers were not great entering July. And by the end of July, he had offers from Tennessee and Florida state and Georgia and Georgia tech and all these other schools because he played so well, that kind of thing won't happen um, under the proposed rules from, you know, the coaches in the NCAA. All right, let's let's get this back into some player specifics. And, well, maybe it's because I called Josh Green um, man and just got all that messed up. But he mentioned in the interview with Inside Carolina, which people can find on the Premium Basketball Message Board, uh, that he is going to be at the IMG Academy down in Florida. And the teammates that I was hoping you talk about a little bit more are Jeremiah Robinson Earl and, and Armando Baycott. Um, it's a, you know, kind of almost a board lore and UC Carolina fans and fans of every school talk about the mythical package deals. Now I'm one of these where I just don't, I don't think that they happen all that much and not nearly as, as much as, you know, probably the recruits like to talk about it. And, you know, they probably do just troll some people. I'm sure a lot with their oh, yeah, you know, social, yeah, with, with social media, but you know, to, to Carolina fans kind of take it as a positive, though, that Green will be playing at, at IMG with those guys, with a with several other players that are high on Roy Williams' wish list? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, that situation for North Carolina really couldn't be any better. For one, 
it saves evaluation trips for Ro, for Roy Williams because instead of having to fly to, I think, uh, uh, I can't remember, Armando was in Virginia. So instead of having to drive to Richmond to see Armando, fly to Kansas to see Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and then go to Florida to see Josh Green, he can go to Florida and see all three. So that saves him a little time. Um, he can evaluate all three. And then, you know, it it, it never hurts. So Armando Baycott, a lot of people feel North Carolina is, is doing really well with him. Um, of the people in the 2019 class, I, I do think he is their their best shot uh, as far as signing someone. I mean, all they put a ton of time into him. Um, he's reciprocated. His game is tailor-made for a Williams offense. So they feel, I think they feel really good there. Josh Green, um, he's talked about, you know, Carolina being his dream school. He, in the IC interview, he talked about that. And then he also mentioned that, yeah, they're my dream school, but also he kind of has to make a business decision. I'm paraphrasing that. But he is very good friends, really close with. And we talked to a couple people in the last day, and it might be underselling it to say he's tight with uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. They're really, really close friends. And that's come from both of them play on the Under Armour circuit. So they go to these All-American camps and their teams play against each other. And over time, you know, you just develop a relationship. Um, so having those three together, especially if, you know, say Baycott decides to commit to Carolina, you know, before the fall or, or something like that, that will definitely help the Tar Heels. And then the relationship between Robinson Earl and Josh Green, I'm sure will help. And then Robinson Earl, as you know, um, his dad played for Roy Williams and he's got some ties there um, with uh, Coach Frederick and Coach Williams. So they've got the Kansas thing going on. So there's there's a lot of ties between that group. And just having those people talk about North Carolina to each other isn't a bad thing. All right, Tommy, I've got a follow up if you don't mind me, man, here. I'm just, I, I don't want to be taking over the, your, your podcast. <laughs> no, you got it, brother. I'm just sitting here listening to the, the to the recruiting wizard spin on <laughs> Carolina recruiting. I know, Rail man just just got all, all the inside information here. <laughs> um, well, actually, that that leads me to then to, to the next one. Then Rail, um, we talked about Cole Anthony at the very very beginning. He did have that unofficial visit. When you're talking about guys that Carol that Carolina fans could feel good about in the 2019 class, I mean. You know, what have we heard anything kind of early on how the visit went for Cole Anthony? Any sort of news that's leaked out either from his camp or just in general? Uh, not particularly. And it probably won't happen. Um, there, are, there are certain recruitments where it's just hard to get information. Um, I go back to Seventh Woods because we cover that one very closely. And it was, you know, they, his parents just didn't want to talk about recruiting. He didn't want to talk about recruiting. They felt that, um, Sometimes his words were taken out of context when he said things. And I think to some degree, the Anthony family feels the same way and they want to, um, you know, I hate this phrase, but it's true. They want to control the narrative. You know, that's their right to do. So they don't talk about recruiting much. Um, it's hard to get information. And most of the time when you hear information, it's maybe one or two people think they heard something and then the echo chamber takes over and everybody spreads it like they they heard it from someone important when they just heard it from someone else who heard it from someone else and on down the line. Um, so I would, for Carolina fans, I'd be careful about, you know, what you hear with Cole Anthony. When a kid like that doesn't say anything, then people create information or they glean information that maybe isn't there. And that's how rumors get started and how people think, you know, one school is leading for a kid when really they're not even on his list, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so to answer, again, short answer now to your question, I doubt if any, if any information will come out um, about the visit too much. 
All right, Ariel, you can take as long as you need, man, as long as I can actually get recruits' names straight. <laughs> Real, let me ask you, when you've got a guy that's got a famous father or, or a parent of some sort that played the game or was involved and went through the process, how does that change things for a coaching staff? How does that help the player himself deal with all the the interests and all that? I mean, I've heard guys that have been recruited – heavily by schools maybe in other sports but they talk about they just want to be left alone so they can be a kid and do what high school kids think you know what high school folks do these days whatever that is for the kids that age these days but Fortnite, they play Fortnite. yeah and, they, they and do they, and they get on instagram <laughs> those two things you're not lying son if i had <laughs> i wish i had stock in Fortnite, but uh <laughs> Anyway, how does that change things for players? Does it give them an advantage in the process or does it cloud the process? Your thoughts on that? Oh, it's absolutely an advantage because, uh, you know, Greg went through the same thing. Um, he's been with people. He's played with people in the NBA. He's got friends who have been through the same thing. Um, and Cole can use that network to, one, find out more information about the coaches who are recruiting them because, um, some of the guys who, you know, his dad is friends with probably were recruited by um, the coaches he's being recruited by. So he has that going for him. And then, two, it's just a buffer. Like you said, you know, it's very intimidating as a media member when you maybe want to try to interview Cole Anthony. And he's like, yeah, me and my dad talked and we're not going to talk recruiting. And Greg Anthony's sitting, you know, 10, 15 feet away. You're like, OK, well, got to leave you alone. And a lot of kids, you know, don't necessarily have that. They will say that. And then reporters will keep asking them questions and eventually they'll give them the answers they want. So I think having a buffer and having someone who's been through it and who has a network that you can talk to and discuss things with are, are really helpful. And um, there, it's weird because we're getting to the point now where there's so many kids who's you know, parents, dad, mom played college basketball, were recruited that they know the game. And so they're playing the game too. And so it makes it very interesting uh, trying to cover these guys. What about a guy like Robinson Earl, whose father played for Roy Williams? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, and it, it's just a level of insight that helps uh, these guys make more informed decisions. Um, so for someone who has never been to a role in practice who's never talked to him, who, um, you know, doesn't know anybody who's talked to him, you know, they Williams can come in fresh. And for someone like Robinson Earl, um, not only his, his dad, but the people in, in the Kansas community who still know Roy from when he was there, um, other coaches, you know, he just, he knows a lot of people and he can get insights into all these guys um, just because, you know, his dad played for Roy Williams and um, he's kind of grown up around basketball. Last question for this podcast, not recruiting related, but it's probably a fun trip for everybody involved. Talk a little bit about Carolina going on this Bahamas trip. They have had some mixed results down there over the <laughs> years. Uh, but how important, especially given the fact that Barry and Pinson are gone, how important is it for the young guys to go actually get some live action? Do you remember <laughs> the last time they went and when they lost and like the just – meltdown not just on inside carolina but just in general the national like did they just lose to a team in the bahamas i know and, they like got there and picked up trucks. <laughs> you know yeah. and, but of course nobody knowing that they had the future number one pick who just yeah. came from nowhere I, I just remembering that was just funny i just remember the, the collective freak out over that over a game in august that didn't that means nothing. look but, i'll show my age <laughs> i remember uh when i think it was uh 
Lang was there and uh, Capo oh. were there and they played EA Sports. I was at that game. And I was too. And I was on press road. Listen to this. <laughs> and this is some insight. Somebody said we can't have opinions. So I'll give you an insight as an inside Carolina person. I'm sitting on press row, uh, not to make a short story long, but the referees came by and I can't remember his name, but he spoke to somebody he knows. He said, man, I'm just trying to keep this game close. For, you know, like to make it interesting walking right. off the court. And then they ended up going nuts. And wasn't it Curtis Staples or somebody? It was Curtis, from yeah. it was Just Curtis shot Staples. Carolina out of the gym. But anyway, the, back yeah. to the Bahamas trip. That was that was a long time. I, mean, I, 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 that's, I knew. I was like, okay, this this is not going to be a great year for them. What's <laughs> well, real quick? Y'all, y'all talking about age and everything. And, you know, these, these young guys are saying that they remember Harrison Barnes at Carolina. I'm right in that middle where, like, my guys were – Carter, Jameson. So you guys were talking about that generation before. That's mine. And then my little brother, he remembers Hansboro. It's crazy because I I grew up watching, you know, Worthy and Jordan and all those guys. So age does have some benefits. uh, But that is one thing covering a basketball game. And there was a bunch of fun stories from inside Carolina. But hearing the referee, and I swear I can't remember, it was not uh, one of the – famous ones that folks don't like saying i'm just trying to keep this game close to keep it interesting <laughs> and they ended up <laughs> staples had like 35 or something they blew carolina out. but anyway let, let's round it back to where we started Shreya, the bahamas trip pretty big deal i would think as far as it, getting experience for these guys oh definitely and um you know it, it worked out that they had three guys coming in who or it, it, three guys coming in who are going to play two who probably will have really significant roles um, immediately next season. And then, you know, Cam Johnson, there's a 99% chance he's not going to play. So that's more time for Nasir to kind of get used to playing with Luke May, get used to playing with seventh woods and Kobe. Um, So, you know, it's just a chance like live action, you know, they, they always use the training camp training camp metaphor where in training camp, they're like, Oh, it's, Day 12 of training camp, these guys are tired of playing against each other. They're ready to go hit somebody. And even though it's only been three practices, these guys have been playing pickup against each other all summer. So it'll be cool for them to play in a structured game against just somebody else. It doesn't matter who's on the other team, even if it is the number one overall pick, you know, in the 2022 draft or something crazy. Um, It's just that they kind of get, you know, semi-live bullets, so to speak. Um, I think that'll prove invaluable for them. And it's a chance for the team to bond, a chance for the team um, to have some fun. Because, you know, guys always talk about uh, when they go on the road, it's a business trip. This is absolutely not a business trip for North Carolina. Sure, they want to get better. Sure, they want to, you know, become more of a cohesive unit and utilize the practice time they have. But they're also going to have fun because they've been working working hard all summer. School starts back, you know, I think the week they the weekday return school will be starting back and then it'll be less than a month until practice. So this is their chance to let loose a little bit. So it's a, it's a business and pleasure trip for there's been some, uh, some serious bonding on these trips in the past that have have led to championship runs. So I I think it'll be a benefit, especially for the young guys. Go ahead, John. Let's say, let me just butt in real quick. Did did y'all see the, the video that went viral of, of Nas doing the between the legs dunk on a breakaway? I did not do that. Okay, well, is there any chance at all that Roy Williams would let Nas do that in a real game? <laughs> I would say game? that if he did it and missed, uh, we've probably seen the last of him. 
I mean, you can, you, I mean, you can hear Roy in the press comments right now, like something like, "I told him he can do it, but you better make you better make the sucker if you take it," or something like that. You know, you can you can hear it in the press conference. I mean, I mean, I don't think he'll he he won't limit him. He'll just say, you know, was that the best basketball play? You know, just make sure, basically, make sure you make it. If you if you have the guts to to take it, you better make it. Basically, it would be something like that. So that'll be something fun to watch in in the coming in the coming season. You know, Carolina's up ten with three seconds left, <laughs> and one of the freshmen or somebody just goes in for a windmill just to see what happens. That'd be fun. I, I still remember Dean getting on Jordan at Maryland when he brought out the Rock the Baby. Uh, dunk at Coldfield or uh, up there at Maryland. Uh, Dean didn't like it then. I can't imagine Roy would like it, but Roy is softened up. It, it'll be fun to watch. Nas will be a, a fun player to watch. I think I think he'll start it in the Bahamas. It'll carry on all the way through likely April. But I'm going to wrap this one. Uh, John, appreciate you letting me host one that you were on. Thanks for being a great guest. <laughs> Sherelle, as always, man, it's, it's fun to get back into the swing of things. I can't wait till the Season gets here, so we can talk more. That's my favorite part of basketball season. So look it's crazy. That. It's they they start practice the last week in September, so we are only like a month and a half away from practice starting. Yeah, the the years get shorter and it yeah. rolls around a lot faster. But anyway, great yeah. stuff. Thanks, guys. Thank Have you, Tommy. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.